Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We like to, from time to time, highlight those who have given above and beyond of themselves. And that can be within their career, their personal lives, just those who have supported others. Give it above and beyond, essentially. Found somebody today whose long educational career I really do mean the word long. It blows my mind that she's been doing what she's she's still doing for how long, but that's because she's so exceptional. And we make her our PhD professional of the year. Dr. Rose Ann Fleming sister joins us here. Welcome. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Steve. I have to honestly tell you that many times when we spotlight people like yourself, they're usually retired. I got to tell you, and there's nothing wrong with that, but here you are live and direct from Xavier, Cincinnati, Ohio, in your office and still doing what you're, you've been doing for years. I, I'm not even sure how many years. I know it's a lot. I don't want to put a number on it. I want the accuracy there. How many? Well, uh, I've been in education since 1954. I finished college in 1954, went to Europe for three about three months. Uh, with my uh, aunt, actually. And uh, when we came back, I, I entered about two weeks after I got back from, from Europe. So so I had finished college. I had a teaching degree. I mean, not a degree, but I, I majored in, in English, but I had a teaching certificate in Ohio at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it, it, uh, I started the day after I entered, actually, teaching <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the minors on the uh, on the certificate was uh, history, so so I've, I've had a long time since 1954 actually teaching, and when I came to Xavier, what and they asked me to develop a the academic program for the athletes so they could be sure to graduate if they worked hard enough, and uh, so during that time I said, well, I, I will be glad to do that, but. I wonder, may I please continue to teach one class a semester? And they said yes. So I was able to continue teaching, and except for the years of administration at the Summit Country Day School in Cincinnati and at Trinity College, now Trinity, Washington University in D.C., uh, I, I've been teaching every day. Wow. And do I have this right? You you started at Xavier in 1982? 1982. I came over. Yes. I came to Xavier. I started teaching English here. 1982. Amazing. Uh, if anybody's doing the math on it, we're, let's let's go there. You've already passed your 90th birthday, right? Right. Wow. Uh, does it feel like you're even close to 90? No. In fact, I feel better now than I felt. <laughs> I mean, I, I always felt well, uh, but... Uh, I, I feel just as good, right? Let's put it down. Wow. Do you think that a lot of that might have to do with working in athletics in that, that arena has kept you? Well, young? actually, I, I, I've never really worked in athletics. The academic advising for athletes that, that I did for, uh, actually, I stopped doing that in 2010, but I'm still part of the, the office here. Uh, but I, mean, I, didn't, I don't have a specific uh, assignment to do just academic advising right now. I'm a special assistant to the athletic department. But um, what we 
you know, what, what we do is, uh, in general, have a dual reporting responsibility, one to athletics and certainly one to the uh, provost and the academic deans of the Department of uh, the Liberal Arts Department, uh, College of Liberal Arts. I, I guess I should clarify what I meant by that also. In working with younger people keeps you young. Would you say that? Oh, yeah. That's very true, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me I feel the same way, you know, and anytime that I can work with an intern in, in the media area, whatever, it's like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Because <laughs> you learn things about today that you might not be as plugged into and that's all normal, you know, because we're not, we're not living their lives. But um, how about working with the coaches along the way? You had some pretty closer relationships because of what you do, right? Right. Uh, yeah. We, that was my key to, access to the players actually uh after i was appointed to this job in 1985 the the job that you referred to uh i thought oh my goodness uh, i've never been in a division one school before <laughs> i have to learn a lot about this so i started making appointments with the coaches particularly basketball coaches and then uh men's basketball women's basketball and then soccer and, and all the other 19 sports that we take care of now. And um, they were very, very helpful. First of all, the coaches are very well educated. Many in those days had master's degrees uh, anyway, so they knew exactly what, what we were talking about. He'd been through the routine themselves and knew how important it is for a young man or young woman to be able to graduate not only with Division One athletics in their background, but with a, a degree that they can actually use uh, immediately, if not in the field of sport or whenever that, that opportunity of sport is over, they can use it immediately to get a job and to begin begin life for themselves. Now, you mentioned degree. You have six. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> in my research, you do. Um, and that being said, even if you had three, that's an accomplishment. What's what inspired you to stay committed? Because it's not easy. We've got so much, so many things pulling us in life. How did you stay focused and committed? Well, it was a question of assignments of jobs that that uh, both scared me and, and motivated me. Uh, I was, as I told you, I had the license to teach at Ohio, but when I got the job to be an administrator's similar to, let's say, a superintendent at Summer Country Day School. It had several schools on one campus. and I, So I got a certificate as a superintendent. That's what, one thing I did. And I thought, gee, I, 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 need, I need more than this. So, so for administration purposes, I registered for my doctorate at Miami University. And, and that, that was very, very helpful. Hmm. It, it's, administration is different from teaching. In a way, it's a little bit like it because it's in the same institution. But other than that, you have to be very concerned that the people that you're depending on, faculty and staff, understand what the institution means, what the students in general, and you're all pulling in the same direction. Sure. And that's a big responsibility when you're yeah. uh, an educator. And that's for anybody that is, it's fantastic. But you have to depend on basically yourself. Now yeah. you have others to get that done. Uh, how about your parents? Were they were they instrumental in in pushing you toward continuing with uh, your education? 
Oh, absolutely. Both my parents were, were, were dedicated to it. I think partially because uh, my, my mother had, had an excellent education in Chicago. She died, though, when I was in the fourth grade. And one of the things my father told me is when I wanted to enter the Sisters of Notre Dame after high school, my father said, nope, I had promised your mother that I would see you and your twin brother through their college education. So please, please help me to fulfill that, that promise that he had made to my mother and she was dying. So I knew education was very important to my father. I have to share with you, um, and I mentioned part of this earlier, and this is not about me, but we have an interesting connection here. Uh, so your mom passed early. My dad passed early. Your name is Roseanne. Now, wait for it. Your name is Roseanne. My mom's name was Roseanne. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is you have a twin brother? That's right. Roseanne. Well, he's now, but, but uh, it was a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne, I have a twin sister. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It's uh, I, I, like right away, I felt like some weird connection to you. And then as we're talking about it, um, yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up until you said you have a, a, a twin brother. And it's one thing to have a twin, but for it to be a fraternal twin, like yeah. hmm, that doesn't happen all the time. That's right. And uh, my parents tried to treat us equally. And what they liked about Summer Country Day School, where we went, was that it was separated. The, the girls were with the girls and the boys were with the boys. And, sure. and yet we were on the same campus getting the same education. So that's, that's how that got started. So you, you mentioned that your dad sent you away, and I mean that in a positive way, to Europe. I think in your low 20s, you, he said, you're going. Let, let's do well, it. Well, what my father thought was, and probably was not too far off at the time, that if I enter the convent, because he asked, he asked me to wait till after college, which I did. He said, "You will never get out. Before, you will never get out again. You will be in that in the convent, and you won't get to travel, and you won't get to do this or that." And I didn't know that I'd get to do it or not. That's not why I was entering the convent to begin with. But um, sure, I want to go to Europe and and see it. So I had the opportunity. And the reason he stayed home was my brother to get through college at that time. He had to again what was called ROTC and that enabled you to finish college before you then got signed assigned for two years someplace in the world and so my my dad did not want he was going to leave well during the summer to go fulfill his two years in the in the army and my dad did not want him to, to leave alone so he said i'm going to st- send your aunt with you and i'm going to stay home and make sure tom has somebody here before he leaves. So that's, that's what determined that. Wow. Uh, what an experience though, to get that all done, to have that kind of travel, there's, it's one thing to be able to do it, you know, financially, logistically, all of that, but to have the, the confidence to just, I'm going to Europe for a while, you know, especially, you know, when you're years ago, you know, things were a little bit different. That's, uh, that, that's an accomplishment in itself. I have to say, um, Many years at Xavier, four decades, you said. Um, was there a moment where you said, this is where I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm staying here for a while. Yeah, yeah, there was a moment early on. Uh, and I knew I was in the right place. And it happened several times I met with faculty at lunchtime. Just sat down, spent a newcomer to the campus. 
with with uh, faculty, and we had lunch together. And from what they were saying, these people are so dedicated to students. Good, I, I couldn't get that out of my mind. And then, of course, I became familiar with the mission of uh, of Zayder, and uh, I understand that their mission is to serve the students uh, individually as each one has a need. Uh, and and I, I'm I, I wanted to do that. And I thought, I'm in the right place. What point in that four decades did that pop into your head? Probably first year I got, got here, 82. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Like, you you know when you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you do. do. Yeah, hmm. you do. <laughs> and do I have this right? Your, your jersey still hangs from the rafters? Yes, it did. I was in there last night watching the women's basketball game, and I looked up, and there it was. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Oh, you know, it, it's it's a wonderful feeling. I'm not sure I really deserve that. I think it uh, it was the kindness of the uh, athletic director that that thought that up, but but uh, it made it makes me feel like I. I have to politely disagree. You do deserve it. It's <laughs> it, because you know even. Factor out the type of player you may have been, the fact that you're still in the capacity that you are for many years. And it's not even just about age. It's the experience and the wisdom that you've gained along the way that you can share mm-hmm. with future generations is just, you know, so notable. Um, moving forward, what are you looking at? Any uh, things that, uh, you know, on your, on the back plate, things that you're looking to accomplish? Well, uh, to be, to be honest, I've, I'm just grateful I can do what I'm doing now, which is teaching one class at Sport at the Service of Humanity. And, and uh, you know, if I can do that for another three or four years, that would be a godsend for me. Yeah. And if, if it doesn't work out, that's all right, too. Yeah. I, I have to commend you on your energy. And, and it's not the... The energy to wake up every day and go to work, the more uh, the energy that's coming off of you and your passion, because I, I envy you, you know, sure. We all want to be productive and, and, and working at 90. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. However, what's coming from you, the passion, it's not just the job. It's way, way more than that. And I see it in, in, in your smile. I see it. I feel it. It's just that it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. I have to be honest and tell you that. Uh, do a lot of interviews, and not like this, <laughs> coming from somebody like you. Tell me who uh, Sister Teresa is. Uh, I think you're you're probably referring to uh, Sister Teresa Mary McCarthy uh, that I met while I was a student at the summit. Yeah, uh, and I was finishing up the the eighth grade, and uh, and summit was a small school. It's, it's a small school, and and. Uh, most of the faculty there, like the, the sisters, knew my mother. She was very active in, in her early days uh, in, in a voluntary way, helping the mother's organization. They should call it now it's parent-teacher's organization. Um, so they knew that she had passed away. And um, Sister Casey Mary stopped me in the, in the hall one day, and she said, I just can't wait to get you in my homeroom next year. And I, I didn't even know I'm like, you can't wait to get me. Why? And and she said, I think you're a very interesting person. And I want to get to know you better. I'm like, I, I, 
really didn't even know what she meant, but I asked her, I said, well, what do you mean interesting? And she said, well, every time I've seen you, I, you're, you have your back up against the wall and some sister standing in front of you scolding. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, as I kept thinking about her, and I did get placed on her, I thought, here's a person that really is interested, really cares. She, she went out of her way to stop and talk to me. And she's that way every day that I, you know, I have had her down for, for uh, homeroom and religion and class and Latin. She taught Latin. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do everything I can that she wants me to do. So I did my assignments and I, I did well in school and, you know, gave me a brand new reason to do something right because somebody cared. And I, that has impressed me with my contacts down through the years. If students are, the students that you have, know that you're interested in them, know that you will work hard for their success. They're going to do everything possible mm. for themselves. They think they're doing it for me, but then that's fine. I want them to do it for themselves. Well, Sister Teresa, every student is important, but she did detect something in you. And I, I feel I did in just a few moments of meeting you, I feel it. Um, I want to talk about faith for a moment. Uh, yeah, Xavier, there's a lot of faith in the hallways, shall we say. Uh, what is faith? What is faith to you? Well, I, mean, I think that, that word is on a variety of different levels. But I think what that basically means on a human level is a relationship with God. And a, a real strong belief in his existence and his love for us, and his infinite goodness to us as individuals. The dogma that you believe you get from your church, and, and we belong all to different churches. Uh, the It's a Roman Catholic institution, but certainly I think we probably have over the years and currently perhaps even members of many, if not almost all, primary re global religious representatives. And not religious in the sense of that, that I'm about religious, but religious in the sense that they belong to a church and they have certain dogmas by which they live. But at the bottom of it, it's a belief in a superior being. It's, it's all-powerful and mm. loves us. Do you think it also means faith in yourself? Well, certainly the fact that we exist Yes. I mean, that's a miracle in itself in many ways that we exist and that we've for me, that we've existed for so long. And, and, and we exist for a purpose. And that is to know, love, and serve God and to live with Him then forever. And that purpose doesn't change. I agree with you that we're here for a reason. There's a, there's a purpose. There was whatever intervention there was to put us here to serve others. Uh, yes. And sometimes it's a challenge to find out, or it takes time to find out what what your life's purpose is. Have you no, that? Yeah. Have you found yours? I, I think so. In 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 a continuing and an involved in evolutionary kind of way, I think uh, the basic purpose certainly doesn't change, which is to do good to others as as you can with your gifts uh, and for the love of God. What others need from time to time changes. And if you have the background to, uh, to be able to fill that, help them fill that need, then you continue to do the same thing. 
And if you don't, you find somebody that does. What's your advice, Roseanne, for students in the future? How to stay the course, how to stay committed. Uh, What would you tell them? You have to set your mind on being intentional. Whatever they feel driven to do in their heart. It's interesting. And never give up. (laughs) once Once you feel it, never give up. Uh, and it's interesting. The word intentional has come up for me a lot this week in terms of what we do, even, Mm -hmm. even a new year's resolution, setting an intention, Mm -hmm. uh, doing anything, setting the intention. Let's say you want to meditate. Why are you meditating? Set an intention, essentially a goal, and then stick to it. Um, fascinating talking with you today. It really, I, amazing. What, um, do you work five days a week? I do. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's I, I, I'm in awe. I really, and I truly, from my heart, I really mean that. And again, it's not about or just about your age. It's your passion for what you're doing and continuing to do it. Uh, so commendable and just, what is, I final question here. What does it feel like when you think of all the students over these 40, 50 years that you know you've helped shape along the way. What does that what does that do to you? How does it make you feel? Well, it makes me feel so grateful that I've had the opportunity. And I, I hope I've I've been a help to, to uh, a little bit of help to some of them or maybe hopefully most of them. Um, and and as I, I say that, I'm so aware of people that have helped me along. I mean, mm. every all these years, I've received help from other people. And that that perhaps is part of the energy that I have to extend it out to others. Yeah. it's we, we can never forget. And it's funny, even as you say that, in my mind, I have flashes that, of people that have helped me along the way. And and mm-hmm. I'm even thinking in, in this split second that you said that, of reaching out to them again. And just saying, hey, you know, I even have, I was cleaning the other day, you know, the beginning of the year, you're going to, you know, purge some stuff in, in the office. And I came across a, I came across a card I got from the woman that ran the library in my high school. And she sent it out of nowhere about five years ago. She tracked me down. And she was the one that approved video equipment for the school, better video equipment, and that essentially was the start of my career. And I don't even, oh. yeah, I don't even think she knows that, uh, Ms. Jeslak. And and out of nowhere, she just sent a card. She says, I just want to say hi. I'm watching what you're doing. And it brought tears to my eyes. And it did the other day when I, when I saw the card. It's like just, you know, just her words and everything that, you know, was there. And I don't even think she realizes just by, you know, signing off on. And back then it was $4,000 in the video equipment for the school, not for me, but for the school. But uh, that was the, wow. All right. We got some good stuff. I can do something with this. Um, but it, it's people like her, people like you that, that shape our future. Uh, and that's why we make you PhD professional of the year. Uh, Roseanne. Thank you. Thank you so much for for being with us today. Uh, congratulations and and so much more uh, to you moving forward. Because thank you, it's been my privilege, and thank you for the recognition. Same here. And uh, I, I've seen pictures of you back in the day. Uh, you look younger even now than then. I'm not even kidding. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what the secret is there. 
nothing mysterious. I do I do exercise as often as I can daily, and and um, I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, as as I got up today and uh, every bone in my body was aching, I said the same thing. I got to get going. <laughs> I got I got to be Roseanne. Uh, wonderful talking with you. Congrats again, and uh, all the best to you. I wish you the best too, Steve. Thanks. Thank you. We'll be Bye. right back. Okay. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in. Come on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.